It's You're listening to Wow Ergonomics with Stephen Howe and Graham Cove, sponsored by Backer Elkhuizen. Thank you. You can get off now. Come on, stop that. Stop the bed. Hello, everybody. It's Wow Ergonomics. We're back again. Oh, this is the wrong day, though. It's all, it, just, it, I think it now just feels every, like the wrong day. every day is going to be the wrong day, Graham. We were just booking in our shows for March, and it's like we've got Mondays, we've got Fridays, we've got one till two, we got 12 till ones. I think we're probably a sign, I guess, for me personally, of being um, a bit more back on the road, as it were, and there's a lot of live events and exhibitions coming up. So our, our usual Wednesday 12 till one slot is a, proving a little bit tricky for the next few weeks, I think. Yeah, definitely. I want to talk to you about that a bit later. Mm. I think it's interesting that things are getting back on the road. Mm. I've just spoken to some people in Bangkok this morning. Okay. That's a, that's a little bit different, isn't it? Um, and situation there is still pretty dire, really. Okay. Um, no, no one's really getting out and about still they've, they've still got experiential cases um rates although the death rate is still relatively quite low mm. it's still too many people um getting it okay so you know it does make a difference around the world doesn't it absolutely on where you are but there we go i'm going to bring in our first guest of the day yeah um, i can see he's busy he's busy playing with his technology there in the background i'm going to get rid of this banner thing at the top because yeah. that's that's right in the way of everything so that we can bring in mr andy barden hello sir the man oh, the my, arms. my arm's in the way of my lego now you've got your new shed sir it's not a shed let's get this thing let's get this cleared up <laughs> all right it's not a shed okay okay you've got your new yes, office which looks a bit like thing. a shed Man insulation and cladding yeah. and lots of other things. Laminate floor. Sheds yeah. don't have laminate flooring. No, they don't. No. Come on now. No. It looks good. It looks it good. We've been following it. It's been following really it on LinkedIn nice. as it's been put together. And uh, he's got the yeah. uh, the posters that he threatened are on the uh, are over his right and left shoulders. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's 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 definitely full in here. Um but uh I'm I'm loving it. It's day two and uh I'm definitely more productive in here than in the house. Yeah, I can forget about the fact that that needs tidying and the washing needs yeah. to go on and everything else. Because until the summer happens, so and then then you know that's going to be a bit tempting, isn't it? Especially with that view out the window. Well, uh, maybe I think the summer holidays might be quite challenging because the kids will want to be in the garden. I'm definitely going to have to get some blinds up. I think for the summer um, yeah. to try and block them out a little bit, but. Uh, I'm, I'm going to cross that bridge when I come to it. For now, it's good. It's a good space. I've been videoing this morning, uh, creating a, a recruitment video for TA um, because one of the biggest things for me over the next year is to build this sales team out uh, in the UK. Um, so it's a big thing. And obviously, I might may as well use that LinkedIn presence as much as I can. Um, so I've been busy filming and uh, putting together a video that hopefully will get a, a few decent candidates through the door. Yeah. Now, yeah, we saw you posting about the fact that you've basically changed your, your banner and everything. You've gone full TA yeah. you at the moment, um, away from away away from more unconventional things. Was that a bit of a rip for you in some ways to do that? Oh, uh, not not so much. Unconventional will be with me for life. Um, yeah. I think, but I bet you'd it, like to have two profiles, wouldn't you? Really, if you could, I would you'd love like to... to have two profiles. I would love to have two profiles. But then, having said that, Graham, to be honest, I, I wouldn't be able to keep on top of two. Um, yeah. I struggle to keep on top of one. Uh, it, it, you know, for those that don't, and, and you, you, you and I both know, for those that don't understand how hard it is to stay on top of a LinkedIn presence. Um, it's a full-time job, really, but most people are trying to do it as well as doing a full-time job, um, as well as running a house and a family and kids and all the rest of it. And it is relentless. 
and they come. Well, that's why we do it for other people, mate, because yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. have the time to do it. They don't. They don't have the time to do it, and um, I had to make that strategic decision to use the the corporate page for unconventional. Which, to be fair, as business pages go, that does really, really well, mm. um, and it it just makes sense to to use my normal uh, account for my main job that pays the bills, yeah, um, and grow unconventional on the side in in that way. Like I said, it will be with us for life, um, and it's something that I'll never drop. But I, I had to make that strategic shift. Mm, of, of course it will. For anyone that doesn't understand where Unconventional came from, just to talk about that briefly for a minute. I mean, it, it was really to do with your, your sons, yeah? It was. It was, Jake, uh, my nearly 10-year-old son now. Uh, yeah. Is in um, we've known about his autism for some time, since he was probably two, two and a half um and uh we kind of went about life in quite an unconventional way because of that as many parents with children with asd would would understand completely and that's probably why unconventional had such a big buy-in because i think it wasn't just those children and adults that had been diagnosed it was also the people that hadn't been diagnosed and 90 percent of people that need support won't ever be diagnosed because of the process you have to go through and the cost of it if you don't go down the NHS route. And uh, it was trying to educate people on the differences within society and why people do the things they do. Um, and then my wife obviously got the job in the school and every day I hear stories of children that need support that don't, don't get it because they don't have a diagnosis. and it's it's rife and and covid has only actually made it worse uh yeah, totally. it, it really heightened the anxiety in a lot of kids and, and we don't not enough people associate anxiety in children they just think oh kids are resilient they'll crack on mm. but they don't uh there's there's real big problems in schools at the moment with with children so um i'm always in <laughs> that was that was a okay one, but actually, I was onto a winner really because my new boss on the third stage interview for my job at TA, uh, the CEO Rob, he um, he has a, a real big connection with ASD, right? Um, and sorry, I said yeah, right, yeah, yeah. and uh, he got it. He, he the first question he asked me was about unconventional. He didn't want to know anything about anything else. He just he looked at my LinkedIn and he was like, tell me about Unconventional. I love it. I want to know what it's about. And um, he, he ended up buying hoodies and that for his kids and whatever. This was even pre before he even gave me the job. So uh, I was sitting there thinking, he's got to give me the job now, hasn't he? I'm like, sure, he's not going to spend a load of money and then say, sorry, I knew you ain't the right fit. Um but yeah, it was it was incredible actually because that was a really really that was a fantastic conversation with someone that is you know he's the, the top bloke in this huge American company, but he really was so sort of down to earth with some of that some of those questions around unconventional. He really bought it and got it, so uh, that was nice. I felt like I had to buy him from uh, from him instantly. Um, but yeah, so that's where it came from. Lovely. Rory says, "Look, we need yeah. to up our background game." Okay. Well, look, some some of us, yeah. right, can't afford can't afford lovely um, outhouses. <laughs> maybe maybe one day. You resisted right. the urge to call it a shed, then, go. Yeah, outhouse. This has done that. She's called it the no. She's called it the man cave. Yeah, well, it that's is a man cave. Man that's cave. all right. That's that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, we're go. I mean, we're going through the we're going through at the moment with our youngest as you probably know um yeah. we're trying to get him a diagnosis it's like pulling teeth it, yeah. is, it is absolutely like pulling teeth you know i mean when 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 a school phones you and tells you that your six-year-old's been excluded it's no joke you know and and when you find out the situation and what's happened and you just think there's so much misunderstanding here it's just, um, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Our youngest is six, and actually, day to day, 
he causes us more stress and worry mm. than Jake, who's autistic. Mm. Um, because Jake's predictable in the sense that we've literally built a life around Jake. There's things that we do and there's things that we don't do. Mm. And we know we have to be quite rigid with certain things. We have to be very structured and organized and give him plenty of notice if we're going to do stuff. But Josh, Josh is just like the angriest child in the world. He's, he hates school. He's, he, he isn't doing particularly well at school, probably because he finds it extremely boring. Yeah. Um, doesn't get, doesn't understand what's going on in terms of some of the lessons. He's not an academic by any means. Don't get me wrong. He's switched on in other ways, as I'm sure we can all appreciate. Mm. A computer or an iPad in front of him, and he does things that I can't even do at 40 years of age. But in terms of the way that school are educating kids, some get it and some don't. Jake's very high functioning. Academically, he's really switched on. But Josh really struggles. Um, and that comes out in anger. That comes out in frustration. And in our day, we would have just been labelled a naughty kid, um, sent to the headmaster or whatever, which, to be honest, nowadays does absolutely bugger all. My wife and I were chatting last night. Do you know some kids actually want to go and sit outside the headmaster's office because they it's, can't it's more fun. More it's fun. Yeah. yeah, they want the quiet, and they're like, yeah. "Go to the headmaster's office," thinking that that's just a punishment that we should always be punishing children for doing something wrong. When actually, in reality, they're probably going, "Yes, please," because it's too mm. noisy in here. I can't cope, which is why I'm actually acting out. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's one of the things that definitely my wife struggles with because she's very much of the okay this isn't going quite how we wanted it to go let's understand why yes rather than you haven't done something we want you to do here's your punishment well that was my first do you know what that was my Mm. first reaction was i and i said to the school do you know what i don't want you to make a habit of this because in a minute he's going to think this is great i'm going to get excluded Mm. yeah all right because actually, yeah. if the if the issue is actually in school, and with what's happening in school, you, you, if you send him home, it, it, where he's happy yeah. as Larry, I mean, he's gonna, just going to think I'm going to get home. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting what you're both saying. I was going to ask you one question, both around the the, the autism piece, but actually Andy mentioned something that sort of got me going in a different direction, and that's sort of around the whole school curriculum piece. I mean, my my children are 14 and 10. My youngest is 10. Who? Sounds very similar to what Andy said with his youngest, that the education, the, the sort of the um, maybe the English and math stuff isn't of interest, but he's interested in lots of other things. And it makes me think, does, does the whole school curriculum need actually reviewed? Because, you know, th- traditional subjects, you know, uh, do they need to be sort of modernized? Do they need to really sort of revolutionize the whole sort of curriculum that, you know, yeah. I, I mean, the one ex- I was talking to someone the other day and we were saying about science as a subject. Unless you're going to become a scientist, why why are children studying science all the way up to 16? Surely there should be other practical lessons, more hands-on lessons, more, more, more lessons that are relevant now than the old traditional subjects almost taking up the block of, of their time. So, you know, should they be doing whatever it would be, more hands-on things? Because ultimately, there's only going to be so many scientists and lawyers and and whatever so actually should we not be having a real shift that yes you've got to cover the basics of english and math but let's spend more time on things that are going to be practical and and interesting and engage children a lot more Stephen, i think you're spot on um and this is a conversation that my wife and i have all the time i think what we're seeing at the moment is a a curriculum that in in some senses hasn't moved on from the days when we were at school Hmm. um and i'm not saying it's easy and I certainly would never lay the blame at the teachers. I think some no. of the teachers have got a hell of a job. Um, it's it's insane how difficult the job is for, let's face it, not that great pay. Um, and so I'd never lay, lay the blame at their feet. I think they do a phenomenal job. But in terms of the system itself, I think children are bored. We, we, we have to look at what children are exposed to now away from school and how their minds have evolved here over the last 10, 20, 30 years. So therefore the way they consume information has changed and evolved. And we have to tap into that at school level. 
Um, where my wife works with as a one-to-one to an autistic six-year-old. And he has no want to learn at all. Like unlike Jake, who has to, he, he wants to be good at everything. So he applies himself. If he, he gets stressed, if he doesn't understand things, because he wants to be good, he wants to know. This the, the young lad that my, my wife looks after has no want. He finds traditional ways of learning in a classroom so boring and mundane that he just shuts down, like mentally just shuts down. Mm. So what my wife's had to do since she took over in April last year is find fun and engaging ways to get him to learn the the same core things that the other children are learning, but in a totally different way. So as Rory will know, who's watching and listening, um, she does everything through play. Mm. And this kid, he absolutely adores my wife because he's learning now. He's getting to, to, he's developing these skills and this understanding of what we're trying to get into him. But he's doing it in a way that he actually looks forward to. Whereas if he was in, when he was in the classroom or if they ever have to do anything in the classroom, he just shuts down. Now, how many other children that aren't diagnosed, that don't have support or one-to-one, are sitting in that same classroom, shutting down. I can guarantee my youngest is one of them because they're just not engaged. Yeah, There's nothing about that left. It's a one-size-fits-all. And the trouble is, this is, this is happening at higher education level. Mm. Mm. This, this change is happening there. People are making courses with different ways of, A, learning, and B, being assessed, because that's the key point here. Mm. You have to change the way of assessing as well. Mm. You can't. And, and the trouble is lower down is, and that, that's always a worry for a parent like me, is, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, yeah, well, we're, half the time he comes home and he goes, this is my son. They, we've been playing all day today. And that's like, that's great if that's doing something for you and you're learning through that, et cetera. But when it comes to a point where you start to get assessed, Mm-hmm. have you then got the skill set to be assessed mm-hmm. in the way that the school's going to assess because if you mm-hmm. haven't you're gonna you're gonna fall down at the first hurdle there yeah mm-hmm. so you that you've got to change yeah. both parts of the process i got an interesting little, a little interesting story just you know sort of follows on a, a bit my oldest son's in secondary education at the end of year eight they had to choose their options and obviously one of the subjects is you, you, you know is computer science is one of the subjects you think absolutely relevant that's what we're all doing you know computer science is a great subject but the sort of the, the alleged story was they could only have the top kids could do it so unless you got the what was called the golden ticket or the nod to choose that as one of your options you sort of were advised not to choose it because you weren't going to get in. I'm thinking that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. What you know, you, you're almost saying only the children who showed the, the 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 best ability in year seven and eight are encouraged to apply for it. Anything beyond that, you're not going to get in. So, how many children who could have been fantastic then got channeled into another subject that they didn't even want to do? So, you've created two problems. A, you're not letting them do what they want to do. And B, you put them into a subject in a classroom and a a teacher in a group of a subject they don't actually want to be in. Yeah. 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 But let's take it back to to what Andy's doing as well, right? You've got all of that kit there, Andy. Yeah, I mean, if you took your job back to or what what it is that you do, if you took it back five years or whatever, you wouldn't be sitting there with all that kit. No, no, no. But the point the point is the way that things, as you say, the way that information is absorbed is changing, not just in education but in in business every single yeah. day, and it and is. you have to and keep up with it. You do, and I, and I, and I, yeah. I mean, I, I could probably talk about the school system all day long. Um, and, I, and I get it firsthand now because my wife obviously works in the system and she loves what she does. And like I said, I don't want to go on the attack with the individual schools because, you know, the reality is the teachers are working themselves to the bone in, mo- in, in most instances. Hmm. Are there some cases where there's some real old school mindsets mixed with perhaps a modern day mindset and they're clashing within the schools. Absolutely. But is that any different to any company? 
No. no. You've got a, a CEO that's been there for 30 years that has a certain mindset, bringing in 20-somethings that see the world in a different way. Unless that CEO is willing to take some of that learning on board, there's going to be a clash there. Mm. Um, and that, that's that's the same in any business, whether it's a school or something else. Um, I think probably the, the other thing that frustrates me from the school scenario, though, is definitely a homework, the homework stuff. You know, yes. six-year-olds getting homework yeah. um, because they're behind. Um, so they're behind. When we would, I've got mates, close friends that I've been that I've known since school. They weren't academic. They 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 did their best, and they they got rubbish results in their exams. They left school. All of them have done well. Mm. All of them have done well because they apply themselves in whatever they went to do when they left school apprenticeships, whatever, college, and that they've all done well for themselves. But also, did you, did, you do, did you actually do homework at that age? No. 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 It's all to do with schools when now are run like a business so much yeah. more than they were when we were at school. And the grades, you know, if you've got a child in a school now with poor grades and, and you've got Ofsted on the horizon, and it's unacceptable now to have a child that isn't isn't at the level. So throw the work at them when they're at home, get them up to speed. You're off your head. You just put it onto the parents though. You then, you yeah. then actually start yeah. impacting yeah. people's family lives because you, you're yeah. then thinking, you know, should we go and do that fun activity and that birthday party and that football match? In the back of your mind, you're thinking, I've somewhere got to fit an hour of maths in. Yeah. Well, why, why should it? Well, why, should it? why should it? Well, and yeah. you're throwing it back onto two parents who are working sixty-hour weeks. Yeah, and and the, and the child doesn't want to do it. They're not engaged. Um, they're not engaged in the in the six hours they're in the classroom. They're definitely not going to be engaged when two foot away from them is their iPad or their switch or their bike. That's their time. It, it for me, the whole homework thing is just wrong. If mm. if you can't educate a child on what they're going to need to survive in society in six hours a day, five days a week, something's going wrong. wrong. You're yeah. doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Going wrong. Absolutely. Thank, thank well, you we've had much. a rant. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love a good <laughs> rant in the, in the morning. I feel so much better for that now. Thank you. We better get on with the game. What, what time have you got to leave us, Andy? Uh, I've got a little bit of time, mate. You're all right. Uh, okay, cool. Right. So just to explain the game, we're getting a bit of echo. Don't know whether we can sort that out at all or not. Um, just to explain the game. So we play this game every week. Basically, the, the, the prize for the game is twofold. One, if someone wins the game and beats Stephen, they get some free ergo kit. Cool. If Stephen loses, he potentially loses his job. Right? So it's all to play for. All right. Um, as we go, it's it's called the, the nearly ergo quiz. Some of the questions are about products on Stephen's business's website, right? Right. Well, actually, it's not your business, is it, Stephen? You just work for them at the moment. Yes. Yes. Well, until about quarter to one, I think, if it's right. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> apologies if you can hear some echo in the background. I don't know what we can do about that. Should I mute? Is it possibly me? Should I mute myself and see if well, I Let's just try a bit of muting. There we go. Is that better? Oh, yes. Now, it might be Andy because he hasn't got headphones. Uh, I can put headphones in. Let's try that. Let's try that. Okay. I'm going to launch this in the meantime. So yeah. if you're watching at home, you can play along. You can We've got win. lots of people commenting, Graham. So Rory Berry and a few of the others, we should get a few of us in this game, I think. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Right. So we're get, getting that started. Okay. Over there. Bring it over here. Share my screen. Sing amongst yourselves. There we go. Lovely. All right. And present full screen. Brilliant. So you should all be able to see that now. So to play this, um, wherever you're playing from, if you've got a, a, a mobile phone in front of you, a tablet, or you can even play it on your desktop if you want to, if you go to vvox.app, that's vvox, V-E-V-O-X dot app in your browser. 
any browser should do. Um, and then you'll get a chance to put in an ID and your name. So the ID today is 123-943-241. That number again, 123-943-241. Did you say vvox.app? V-E-V-O-X.app, vvox. That's why it's not working. There you go. Sorry, Graham, what was that session ID? A session ID, once again, is 123-943-241. And you've now donated to some charity. 123-943-241. Okay, lovely, jubbly. You should see that appearing on your screen. I'm going to start the session now. As many people as possible, come in and play. And uh, and we're going with the first question. So here we go. Let's go back to VBox and start the session. Okay. So this is this one. You can actually use the technology on on whatever you're looking at to actually put a little picture or a little ball onto the screen. So where is the ball joint lock on this gold touch keyboard? Five people playing today. Five players. Here we go. Wow. This is good. So, and I can look at the answers as they appear. Oh, two people going for, for that bit. Ball, ball joint lock on this gold touch keyboard. So today's product is, Stephen, just to explain to people. A split keyboard. Yes, a split, a split keyboard. keyboard. So this is mainly for people who can touch type. So this they is can the gold the... touch Go gold Mobile touch. 2. It is. There you go. Ah, yeah. I've got four in. Four in. One more to go. Come on, Odessa, it'll be you. We know that. <laughs> or or Jonathan sometimes, who's, who's on the... There we go. We've got all five people. Here we go. Right, I'm going to close the poll. And the correct answer is... There. Oh, so we've got a couple of people in there. Look, that's, that's the ball joint there at number three, but that over there to the side is where you lock it. They are a bit of a, almost a trick question. The Gold Touch Travel Go 2 is an ergonomic keyboard that you can split and adjust to a inclination, improving your work posture. According to the back of the website, is it large, wide, light, or slight? Two, two people voted so far. Everybody else is is busy going over to the website to have a look. Yeah, no, and then yeah, gonna, no cheating. Come on, stop cheating. Three people. I'm going to have to call time on it soon. That's four, it. One more. Four, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Oh, oh, right oh. at the last minute. I'm going to close the poll. <laughs> the correct answer is light. Nobody got it right. Oh, God, this is going terribly. There you go. You join right, the next club. one. The keyboard is easy to adjust steplessly between zero and what degrees? Your hand, wrist, and forearm muscles will be more relaxed. So which at what's the degrees that you can you can move it between? So you can have it naught degrees, so that's flat. And then you can pitch it up in the middle by what what number of degrees? One person voted already. They're on the website, I tell you. Two people voted. Come on, everybody else. Okay, yeah, three. It's a good job we don't have too many people playing this game, otherwise it would take all day, wouldn't it? Imagine if you had like a um, hundred. Some, some people, cool. Right, I'm going to count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Closing the... Oh, right, the last minute again. <laughs> I'm sure someone's doing this on purpose. The correct answer was 30 degrees. 60% of you got that right. So have a look, quick look at the leaderboard at this point. Uh, we've got um, a joint uh, four people 
in first place there. Andy, Odessa, Rory, and Stephen. Simon, not so well at the moment, but you know, still time to play. They were still they were difficult play. questions. Yeah, of course they're difficult questions. Right. Close it's good to see one. there's not many people cheating though, Graham, off the website. No, absolutely. Until uh, this what question. is the width of the Gold Touch Travel Go keyboard? Is it 343 mils, 344, 342, or 350? Oh, they are so close. Exactly. That's. That no, I mean, there's 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 almost a, a millimetre or so in it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's all it is. Oh, who knows? Four out of five. Right, let's do it. Then five, four, three. Two, one. They're not going to. Oh, they are. They are. They're going to get him right at the last minute. Look at that. The correct answer, actually, and nobody got it right. Again, is 443 mils. Okay. Next question. This is the last of the product questions. You'll be pleased to know. What is the product code for the UK layout version of this keyboard? The UK, there's the clue there. The UK version of this keyboard. What's the product code? Is it B N E G T A U K B N E G T A B U K B N E G T B U K or B N E G T B U S? One of those is correct. Two people voted. I presume that's actually you and Andy. And then it's obviously because. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> okay, oh, four out of five. Okay, come on, number five. Yes, well done. Speeding up there a little bit. Right, the correct answer is that one there. B N E G double T B U K. Of course. Uh, what's B N E G double T B U S, Stephen? US version. That's the US version. There you go. Right. What was the name of the first UK ever? Uh, the first ever UK's newspaper. Was it the Daily Rag, the Sun, the Daily Current, or the Daily News? Literally have no idea. Well, it's quite an interesting question, isn't it? What was the first newspaper that we had in the UK? The Daily Rag. Well, yeah, it was from... Um, <laughs> it's my favourite paper from that part of London, wasn't it? The Daily Rag. Mm. This is a tough one, isn't it? Isn't it? Four, four out of five. Oh, there we go. Everyone's voted. The correct answer, believe it or not, is the Daily Current. That was the first ever newspaper. There you go. First UK national newspaper. All right, next one. What was England's first purpose-built football stadium? Come on, Andy. You should know this. Opened in 18... 18- 92. Was it Old Trafford, Goodison Park, St James's Park, or Elwood Park? I don't know. Ewood Park. Ewood Elwood. Park, sorry. Come on, Ewood. put all the Blackburn fans out there. I'm curious at that. Yeah, that's a tough he, one. That's a typo, isn't it? There we go. Two out of five. I mean, I, who's been to any of those? Have you been to any of those? I've been to I've been to Old Trafford. I've been to Old Trafford. I had a a tour at Old Trafford. Did you do the tour, Andy? Or you just No, I went there to watch United once and I've been there to watch England. Oh right. Yeah, I saw United play Cardiff there. Interestingly. Oh right. Okay, so the correct answer is believe it or not, the first ever one was Goodison Park. Yes. There you go. Goodison Park, Everton. What year was the Great Fire of London? Come on, you must remember your history from school. This might have been in your homework. (laughs) 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 Which we didn't do back in the day. (laughs) Which is why we don't know it. Of course, kids these days doing starting their homework at six would know this, of course. Because mm. um, it's got such good <coughs> life implications. Yeah. Um, yeah. What year was the Great Fire of London? 1600, 1668, 1666, or 1686? Mm. Two more people to vote. Oh, God, I don't know. There they go. 
correct answer was 80% if you got it right. 1666. 66 was a, a, a good year for things happening in history, wasn't it? It's like 1066 mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah. 1966. Yeah. Which band had a hit with Lullaby in eight, uh, 1989? Not 1889. That would have been Echo and the Bunnymen, Aha, Erasure, or The Cure? Of course, someone, someone thinks they know. Mm. God knows. Yeah, he does, but that's not who's answering the question. <laughs> Which band had a hit with Lullaby in 1989? Is it? Everyone's going, who Echo and the Bunnyman? One person left to, to vote. Okay, so anyone that said erasure, you were wrong. It's the cure. There you go. Last question. It all hangs on this one. Shall we see where we are on the scores? Oh, look at that. We have a winner at the moment, Stephen. You, you're winning at the moment. Do, do you know what the worst thing is? What? I, the four questions I got wrong were all on the product. I've got all the general knowledge <laughs> on the right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I got one of the first five right. Okay. Terrible. How many middle names does Graham have? How many middle names do I have? It's an easy one. <clears throat> None. That's right. One more person to vote. Coming in for a strong finish. Come on, number five. I know it's difficult. I mean, there's, you know, yes, well done. Well done. I'd love to find out who number five is. Uh, initials are OS. Is two. I have two middle names. I'm not telling you. If I had told you, I'd have to kill you. Right. Well, well done. So the winner of that week was Stephen. Well done, Stephen. Um, Adessa oh, and Simon. Look at that. Adessa and Simon. Simon came right back from nowhere there. He did. Uh, Andy and Rory. Um, never mind. Um, you know, better luck, better luck next better time. Better luck next, next time. time. That, was, that was great fun, though, wasn't it? Great fun. Well done. Thank, thanks for playing. Thanks for joining us today, Andy. Thanks for, for thanks for You're taking welcome. part in that. If, if if you can stay, stay. If you if you don't, if you if you've got something else to do, which is far more important, which you probably have. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably over my allocation uh, at the moment. I've got to go. I think the wife just popped in. Uh, she's got home from work now, so I'm going to go and see her. No, well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks, and um, you know, continue with um, unconventional. We 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 do love it. Um, and you know, we'd want to hear more from you about technology advice going forward as no, well. I'm sure we're, we're that will be all over LinkedIn in the near future. It, I'm sure it will, Graham. I'm sure it will. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Cheers, Cheers. Andy. Cheers, thank you. So, we need to replace Andy, uh, and we're going to replace Andy straight away with Sarah. Hi, hi, guys. Hi, Sarah. Hi, were, um, you, watching the, were you watching the game, Sarah? I was. I wasn't quite sure what was going on because I literally just popped in. We're never sure what's going on. No, we're never. We're never sure. It's just, just it's one of those things that happen. Sarah, t tell us who you are. All right. So it's all a bit last minute. This, so this is great. It's great when it's um, last it's minute. It's chaos. I know. That's the best part. Coming yeah. out of the comfort zone, going. Um, so yeah, I'm an image consultant, but NLP practitioner as well oh, because right. it's always about the clothes. It's, you know, often that internal dialogue that we have with ourselves that, you know, is is paramount. So, it's, yeah, it's not always about the clothes. Now, that is an interesting um, yeah. point, isn't it? No, it's not. I mean, I, can I just ask from that point of view? I mean, do, do you find that there's a, a, a particular age of client, you know, that you deal with? or Most of my clients are middle aged. So, right. you know, post premenopause or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I just started my journey 13, well, that must be, yeah, 13 years ago um, through a very negative experience. Husband popped off with a friend of mine um, mm. and I was not going to sink, had three children and this is a long story cut, really, really short. 
and um, started working a couple of days a week in a Danish clothing shop. And it's there, someone said about becoming a personal stylist. And I just thought, mm -mm, no way, because I felt it was really shallow, you know, taking people shopping, putting clothes on. There wasn't enough depth to it. But, you know, by the time I explored it and I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. So I trained um, and it's when I was training that someone said to me, I've talked about NLP. And I said, what's that? Obviously, it's neurolinguistic programming. So I trained, I did my diploma and practitioner's course for me. And for me, it was one of the best things. And Nishiran Daishonin Buddhism. And um, was another thing because they really have a big correlation. And to me, Buddhism is more of a philosophy than for me than a religion. Yeah. Um, so that really changed my perception of being an image consultant, personal stylist. So it's then that I started using it in my business because, as I said, it's not about the clothes. And I said to Odessa that threw me on today is that. I had a client that was 70, wouldn't wear trousers. And I said to her, why won't you wear trousers? And she said, because my father told me I had a big bottom when I was a little girl. <laughs> so, you know, she it's our subconscious thoughts. You know, our conscious ones are the things that we're doing now. But it's our subconscious thoughts that are the things that affect us through life. Mm. Um, so I just did a little timeline, took her back to when she was a child. She had to live those moments. Um, you know, it was a process that we went through. And she had tears, but for me, they were really good tears because I knew something had shifted. And um, when I spoke to her about four weeks later, she, um, she loved everything she bought. But my main question for her was, do you wear trousers? And she said all the time. Mm. So it's that side of what's going on in people's heads. And I often have a strap line that I'm the onion chef. Because when we cut an onion open, not always, but you know, we get tears. So I always say it's a bit like cutting you open. Sometimes there's tears, not always. And if there are tears, it's more about helping you understand. I can't get rid of them. That's the work that you have to do and it take, can take weeks months it's, mm. it's it's always ongoing we've always got those thoughts in our heads that we sometimes want to get rid of um and then so helping you understand them and then we start putting the layers back with a better understanding and then i say the crunchy bit is the clothing mm. but on the flip side if we flip that around if you start with the outer work as well so when you're feeling good in yourself, what, how you look, how you're presenting yourself, and you're gaining more confidence in the way you look, then that in return can help you feel more confident to then maybe start the internal dialogue that you have with yourself. So they both have their benefits in different ways. Mm. It's a fascinating area. Mm. Really fascinating area. I mean... Have, have you done have you done any of this work within companies as well or literally is it just with individuals it, it's more with individuals I mean I do work mainly with women but I did work with a professor um what is name now at Oxford University and that was really interesting yeah because obviously working with different personalities and I always say that you know when I'm working with women you've got the dramatic and and the trouble is when somebody is like a dramatic wardrobe personality often their personalities are quite big you know when I do it I I demonstrate it um and you know they're big bold personalities they'll come into a room they'll have presence they'll stand there so it gives you an indication you know it's giving you an idea where somebody's natural they're much more laid back they don't care you know all this sort of thing so it's it's just picking up on their their language as well well, the, the reason I asked the question was because, and, and I think there's so much more room for help of this nature uh, across the board, really, in companies these days. And, and then take the ergonomic piece. At the end of the day, it's about, you know, trying to help people with their health and well-being and trying to encourage them to sit properly, you, you know, oh, adopt, adopt, adopt proper, you know, a, a proper setup, etc., but, I mean, we've all been in companies where 
there's been talk from one side of the table that oh, Jimmy, Jimmy can never dress properly, can they? <laughs> right? You know, look at he always looks a mess. Doesn't matter what he's doing, mm. always looks a mess. You know, every there's always been some kind of talk about yeah. one person in a company that's like that. But what you're but what you're saying there as well, which is really interesting, is but we don't necessarily understand why, Jimmy. You know, I mean, everyone makes the assumption well, they just can't be bothered. Well, sometimes it's obviously they don't always have the knowledge um, and the understanding. And I remember being talking in a school once. That was interesting to 16 and to 18 year olds um, and then talking to 13 and 14 year olds about the importance of that first impression, because whether we like it or not, we always make those assumptions. And I remember when I, I took myself off to drama school when I was 40. It's just something I desperately wanted to do. It's part time. And that always taught me never judge a book by its cover as well. But we do make that first impression. We can't help it. It's just innate. Mm. So if you can make that first first impression, I always say to people, you know, they talk about having really nice clothes. Now I could put, say, a suit or a, a, an outfit on somebody that's worth a thousand pounds, and I can put one that's worth a hundred pounds on somebody else. But if that person wearing the hundred pound outfit, they're they're groomed properly, they're smiling, they're confident, they're standing up straight, they're friendly, and um, being their authentic self, um, and at the other person is hasn't bothered with themselves they're slumpy mm. we've got an interest they're complete opposite it's the person in the cheaper outfit that will get the job so it's not about the outfit it's about it's it's the whole thing it's the whole package mm. it's not as i say it's not just the clothes it, it yeah. everything for me in life is about feeling so whether it's the clothes we wear you know, if they don't feel right, I might say to a lady, you look fabulous in that. If she doesn't feel it. What's the point? There is no yeah. point. So it's like smells and, you know, friendships, your workplace, everything to me in life is always about the feel. What, what, what do you feel about the whole thing that's happened during the pandemic? The fact that, you know, I mean, look, look at us now, me and Stephen, they're in our casual yep. clothes. Once upon a time, not so long ago, if we were doing anything like this, which was public facing, we yeah. would be wearing shirts or ties or suits even. But now Absolutely. it's that's completely gone, you know. So the, where, where, where does that fit into it? Well, it depends who you're presenting to, what you've got to think about and how casual it is. Are you turning up on a really casual chatty thing or um, is it a work? Do? I mean, I would never turn up on a Zoom, partly because... I, will, I like to feel nice. I will never, except when I'm doing gardening, um, get up and not just put a little bit of makeup, do something in my clothes that make me feel good. So through the pandemic, so many people would sit there. They might look great on the top half, but on the bottom half, they got their PJs and slippers. Yeah, how did you know? Well, only because they told you. <laughs> no, talking about that, wasn't it? Now, I one day came down and I had slippers on. And I just didn't feel right. I thought, no, yeah. I not turn mm. up. And because as soon as we, it's like when they have dress down days, there's always going to be flip sides to that. But they prove that when, you, when you're dressed for the occasion, you act the occasion. So if you've got to be in a place where you're wearing a suit and tie, you need to wear that. So it's all relative. It's a bit like somebody going to for a tattoo, you know, a job in a tattoo parlor. You're not going to turn up in a suit. No. But you know, if you didn't have tattoos, they'd be thinking, "Why are you turning up not with any tattoos?" Mm. So it's I mean, not, I will. I will dress up. I mean, you know, um, went to a, I went to an actual exhibition not so long ago. I did dress smartly for that yeah, exhibition. It's, it's and, and and tomorrow, um, because I'm actually doing an interview, which is going in front of the president of Malawi. I will be wearing a, I will be wearing a, a shirt, etc. So you know, I, I will I will dress up. On, I'm glad, on the I'm glad you could do that. Just make sure you put your shoes on, like the slippers. <laughs> but you see, for me, having had to wear a suit for a long time, mm. I actually feel so much more comfortable and productive not wearing a suit. That's that's my that's my my thing. Mm. 
you yeah, made no. a really good point, Graham, as well, before we said about at the start of lockdown and these these type of things. I would always, always have worn a shirt. Yes, absolutely. Adidas tracksuit bottoms. But I'd always would have put a shirt on. Now, it's like, I mean, we, we've joked, haven't we, Graham, that we're, this show is often sponsored by Superdry. So, you know, we do tend to go pretty much super dry or we go uh, or the odd the odd bit of Andy Barden's unconventional or a bit of weird fish, whatever it would be. But, you know, yeah, I, I, and actually I do wonder whether, I do wonder whether some of it as well is, um, uh, I mean, do you, do you mainly work with women or do you work with men and women? I work with men and women, but predominantly yes. it's women that will always come to you. Yeah. Um, so it depends on people's needs and wants. And obviously men are easier to work with because you're not going to have skirts. You don't need bras. You don't need all that sort of thing. So yours is shirts, T-shirts, trousers, mm. etc. To me, it will always be about the grooming, looking after your clothes. It's so easy. It's so simple. But people always think in their head, you know, they can't be bothered. But it, it is easy. So I do work with men. Um you see, one of, one of the things for me, and it goes back to the previous conversation that we just had with Andy as well, is that, you know, I've got five children, you know, the, the one's left home now, but four still here. Um, the little one's waiting on the diagnosis um, of ADHD, autism, we don't quite know yet at the moment. It's hard, hard work, et cetera. Just, just getting them dressed in the morning is really mm. hard work. So when it comes to me as well, that's the other thing. I really can't be bothered because by the time that I've got dressed, I've already dressed a load of kids, oh. you know? It's, so it's, you know, is, is, that, is that a problem? Do I have a problem here? No, it's, what, it's how it makes if you. If you feel good and you feel comfortable and you're happy, but you know that you've got to turn, when you're doing a meeting um, that you need a suit, you know you're going to turn up with it. So that's absolutely. That's um, it's funny because the professor I work with, um, I will never take people shopping blind because I need to know them. I need to know the best cut their colours. I need their lifestyle. I need to know so much about them. Yeah. And um, so I'd had a Zoom with him and we'd had a chat. And just by talking to him, asking questions, I knew that I was going to take, I have tip sheets. One was about a natural dresser and one was about a classic. And I knew that he was going to be a natural. And as soon as I saw him, I thought, I know you're natural. I gave him the tip sheets. I got him to read them. He said, that's definitely me. Um, so it's amazing the picture you build up by having mm -hmm. Zoom calls with them. People just asking people questions and you're picking up things from them. Um, we did go through his wardrobe. So I was constantly finding out information. And then we went shopping. And he, because he was a natural, you know, when you've got an event to go to, whether it be male or female, naturals, that's when you need somebody like me because you have zilch idea. Mm -hmm. And he did give me a lovely testimonial and he wasn't going to send it straight away because he was so busy, but he did. He said, Sarah, I felt amazing. And he said, even people complimented me on the way I was dressed. Oh, wow. So, it, it, you know, it's all subjective, isn't it? So it's what yeah. you need, what you want, how you feel, how you want to turn up in this world. Well, I, I actually do. I, I, I honestly do believe that I think what you're doing is great because I, and I actually think that for a lot of us, especially when we get to a certain age, we stop really caring. caring right. And that that's that's the problem. Um, and, and part of it is it's about communication and the dialogue as well. I think I think that's it. You know, you know, when you're young and you're trying to attract the opposite sex or whatever, and you're out there, and you, you know, you, 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 you know, you've got your swagger on. It's one thing, and it, you, you know, you get yourself all gleaned up every day. You, you dress sharp. You know, you got the, you got the aftershave on or whatever. You know, now nowadays it's like, who am I going to see today, other than Stephen? Um, who, who am I going to see today? <laughs> uh, I'm going to do the school run. And then I'm going to come back home again, or I might pop to I might pop to the supermarket for five minutes in a mask, you know. I mean, and and actually, that that draws you down a particular psychological route with this for a while. And and actually, what you're doing for people though is building up their self esteem again. Mm. Though, isn't yeah, it? it's building up their common sense. With women, I say it's bringing a bit of pizzazz back into your life. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the thing is, you know, I've got women, I've had a lady at 72 and said, am I still worth it? And I said, well, just because you're age, I mean, I'm in my 60s and I just think I'm not, I'm worth it. I don't care what age people are. I've got my friend who's lodging with me. Her mum is 98 this year. She still loves her food. She, she's got thick hair. She does her makeup. She does her hair. Um, she puts clothes on. She wants to meet a man. She wants a job. She wants to feel worthy. And I love it that she has that spirit. You know, and someone, I was away with somebody the other day helping at a, a fashion week. And she's 39. And I said, you know, and it was a conversation I had with friends last night. You know, when we think of older people, we, we have this preconceived idea. But I think, I think what it is now we're so much more youthful in our school of thought. I mean, I think I'm still in my 30s, in my mindset and my mm. spirit. Are you not? <laughs> I know, I'm in my 60s. It's like keeping that <laughs> spirit going, isn't it? And I think you have to work at that. And, you know, mm. one lady said to me, oh, I hate getting old. It's this, that and the other. And I said, well, let's change it. She said, how can you stop me being older? I said, just be grateful that you are old because so mm. many people don't get that chance to get old. Yeah. And it really helped to just change her perspective of becoming older. So, yeah. you know, it, makes, it does make a big difference. No, it does. Stephen, any questions? No, I, I just now look and think, how, how little effort have I made in the last 18 months? I'm, I've sort of been shamed now that I need to get away from super dry tops and, and tracksuit bottoms. So it's, yeah, it's do you know what? a bit of a I kick think up you've encouraged us so much that next week <laughs> when we do the show, we're going to dress smart. Tuxedos. Yeah, well, what you could do, instead of having just a T-shirt with no collar, just get a, a T-shirt in the polo ones with the collars yeah. so that you, you've got a bit of a shirt, you've got yeah. a bit of a T-shirt and you're doing this. Ooh. Yeah. There we go, Ooh, Graham. You as well, though, Graham. Sure. Don't go yeah, putting yeah, it all yeah, on yeah, me. Yeah. No, no, I'm going to go shirt next week. I'm actually going to go shirt. Okay. Next week. Let's see. We'll let just... you... I'll, I'll still wear my slippers. I will still wear <laughs> my slippers because you won't see them. Right. And I wear I wear these slippers everywhere now. They're my go-to shoes. Yeah. You know, I even no, go I'm... on muddy hikes with them. I've got <laughs> shoes on now, but I will go and put my slippers on because my feet are cold. <laughs> but we no perhaps. Perhaps this will come round again a little bit as mm. well. Maybe, maybe just I do I do think we've we've gone through this lull where like it's been acceptable to mm. to to just you know veg out in whatever in yeah, front of everybody else. But maybe it will come round a little bit again. Um, I think it needs to do something. I mean, I know for me, and obviously everyone's different how much better I feel. And it's like I'm going to the theatre with my daughter one of my daughters next week to see Pretty Woman. And I personally think jeans, I know you won't think it, should be banned from theatres. Because when you go and you look at people in the theatre, it's a special occasion. Everything has lost its specialness, if you know what I mean. It's like, mm. I have chocolate once a week. So many children have it every day. It loses right. mm. that awe that this is a great feeling. So going to the theatre, you know, you don't, nobody has to wear jeans. But it's a chance to dress up, to feel different. We don't have to dress to the hilt. But is this is this the main point here, though? I mean, and this is the reason why I think so many of us have adopted this kind of casual stance for this, is that before it was about you had to wear something. Mm. It was a forced-on-you viewpoint that you weren't even to the point where you weren't any good at your job, you weren't any good at business, you you weren't clever enough unless you looked a certain way. That that was the that was the view. You know, if you didn't if you didn't look right, you couldn't think right. And actually I think the rebellion has been, well actually, do you know what? I'm smart up here. I don't you know I don't need to dress in a particular way to show that. So maybe what will bring it back round the other way is actually people wanting to dress smart because of the way it makes them feel as opposed to being told that's the way you've got to to dress mm. for a particular occasion well i suppose if it's if it's in a work role then obviously you know you've got different levels of of i love dressing up for a night out no jeans, no jeans. Oh. there you go there you go yes 
but that's the, that's the right attitude though isn't it that's that's yeah. i want to do this for me because mm. it yeah, makes me nobody else good. that's why i always say yeah. to clients you dress for yourself now lots of women have said to me oh my husband likes this i said forget that what do mm. you like what makes you and brings you joy not what anybody it's not for anybody else it's mm. for your yourself and and you alone and you know if your happen to husband happens to like it all well and good but I mean, I can see how it might affect them and think, oh, he really doesn't like it. I'm not really worried whether I wear it or not. That's a different matter altogether. But yeah, I think being told, but I mean, obviously in the workplace, when you go for a job, you know, I say to people, <laughs> Greece is in. <laughs> oh. well, I have a very opinion, a very strong opinion on that as well, Richard. Um. But obviously, I've got a seven hundred thousand pound pair of jeans in the cupboard with a nice crease line. And I, I it is about grooming, though, because you can have yeah. jeans with jeans. You exactly can have jeans right. The hems are, you know, horrible in anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think when the workplace, you know, there's a thing on LinkedIn talking about that, and I said about what you wear, and I said, well, you need to go and look at their policy, and if you don't mm. like their policy, don't go for it. So it's, you know, it's a bit like a school uniform. You know that you're going to go to school and you have to wear a school uniform. So, yeah. but I think a lot of it now has come down, instead of the suits and the ties, it's often smart casual. So it's about the grooming. It's, you know, that your hair's not greasy and that men are shaved if they're shaving and women have, haven't got greasy hair. They've made a bit of an effort. You don't have to be pristine making an Next effort. Next week. Next week. Sarah, mm. you trust me, Stephen and I will be pristine on this show. Right. Okay. We were we were we're gonna make more of an effort next week. We feel thoroughly rightly told <laughs> off today. Wrapped across for, the knuckles. For, for for you know being quite so casual. But I no, I think you we you've raised some really great points. And mm. I think, you know, ultimately I do want to come back down to that that main thing that you've said that you've got mm. to do it for yourself. Yeah. I, I do honestly think that we need we need to go back to that. We need to actually think, okay, let's let's all I'm challenging everyone today. Dust out your your wardrobe. Let's go and see if we can find something a little bit more classy in your wardrobe mm. today. All right. Well, that's, that's another you, subject, wardrobes. Really. <laughs> um, if if you need some if you need some advice, go and find Sarah on LinkedIn. She'll yeah. she'll tell you whether it's it's still kicking it. Um, in, and looking cool, or whether or not you need to go out and do a bit of retail therapy. But one thing's one thing is for certain: we're all going to look a little bit sharper next week on LinkedIn. Let's, yeah. let's try. Why don't you start that as a campaign, Sarah? Looking sharp on LinkedIn week. Hold on, let me write this down. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Okay, it's funny because I don't do so much. Ooh, um, do you on stand on beards? I don't, if, you, if your beard's that long that you can stand on it, <laughs> you've got a problem. Nesting it as the problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because I don't do so much on LinkedIn. I do more on Instagram and Facebook because yeah. it's just Odessa. Is that I'm much better talking. I'm dyslexic, so for me, the, I haven't mm. got the right. But give me talking. I'm happy. That's where I'm at my comfort zone. Whereas LinkedIn, I always think, Ooh, but I know mm. it's not because everyone's human. Well, do you know what though, Sarah? We've just proved that wrong as well today, haven't we? Because this is on LinkedIn, and is it? It, this yes, is, this is live on LinkedIn. Live, and, and and there you There's go. There's no editing going on here, uh, Sarah. Really, I didn't right. know this. Sarah, I'm dyslexic as well. So, uh, Are you your Odessa's partner? Uh, well, let's let's clarify there. I'm a desk. I work with a desk. Yes. Don't wish that on her. <laughs> yeah. No one wants that. <laughs> Apart from my it. wife. Bless her. All oh, right. Yeah. No, she was telling me about, about you. There you go. Oh, it's all coming out now. C yeah. Keep talking, Sarah. She was saying, look at him. Conversation with her. She's saying, could you, could you book a private session? Because look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. When we're creative, our yeah. brains go all over the place, doesn't mm. it? Um, if you're dyslexic, you think in a completely different way. I do. From from everybody else, um, as Odessa will attest. Um, and you know, but it's a wonderful thing. But that's that's I do you know what I think it's the beauty about um how you can create on any of these platforms. You don't have to write 
you know, war mm. and peace novels or anything like that. If you if you can get up and say something, you can do it by saying I when I was young, I actually had this problem. I took ages to write. Ages to write. And do you know why? Because I used to say to teachers at school, why do I why do you need me to write it when I can tell you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? And I still I still I still feel that way sometimes. I still think, you know, when people say, can you write me a report on this? And I'm like, but I can tell you. I can just tell you on the phone now. And then yeah. someone would be like, yeah, but could you compose me an email? Like, you know, could you could you put all the points down in an email? I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do that. I just no. want to tell you now in five minutes on the phone. No. No. Goodness sake, make the time. Totally even, the, you, even the dog says so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now he's you? looking dapper, isn't he? How old? Uh, he's four now. Oh, yeah. tiny. What is it? it? It's a mini Dutch elm. Ah, yeah, he he's he he buys all of his clothes in Mayfair. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, how you put it together? Mm. It, it is well, he's very well put together. Mm. Don't worry, he's <laughs> got the right color coat to keep yeah. him warm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm thanks, sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll catch up again sometime. Thanks, to, great. thanks for Sarah for coming on. Thanks to Andy for coming on earlier. Thanks to all of our guests today. It's been really, really good. Um, yep. For anyone that's uh, again dyslexic and, uh, and and doesn't want to read this, there's no reading to do, and you can listen to it on Spotify as well. Go over to www.wowergonomics.com and you can catch the last episode of this right now on Spotify. And you can listen to it whilst you're traveling from A to B, as many people do. Um, and we will see you all again next week. Sarah, thanks so much for joining uh, us. Thank you, guys. It's been Thanks, fun. Sarah. Okay, take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I'll tell you in the post about looking sharp.